Tesla under fire today. This after federal safety regulators in the U.S. investigating at least 11, 11 accidents involving Tesla cars using autopilot or other self-driving features that ended up crashing into emergency vehicles. And for more on this, here's the host of the EV Revolution show. Our good friend Kenneth Bocour joins us now here on Global News Radio. Kenneth, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm well. Nice to have you with us as always. Uh, just first off, can you update us? What has been going on with these uh, Tesla self-driving cars? Why do they seemingly keep hitting emergency vehicles? Yeah, you know, you got to love the news media, which is what we're both part of. I think it's a little bit um, narrow focused, but it does deserve some attention. So uh, Tesla has uh, some self-driving awareness, as people know, automation tools called autopilot. And there were some accidents, about 11 so far, that the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration in the US has identified. And these are vehicles that basically were, were with autopilot engaged hit emergency vehicles, either a fire engine or EMS or something like that, mainly at night circumstances. So there's an investigation happening to see if there's something wrong with the technology or what's more behind it. Um, but you know, I think the first thing that we need to articulate to, to listeners out there is that these are systems that are designed not to be left by themselves, that the driver needs to be in control. And um, these are all accidents that could quite easily have been avoided. All right. Why are they running into emergency vehicles specifically? Do we know that, Kenneth? Yeah. So these systems are based on various autonomous standards. And, you know, there's five levels of autonomy uh, with level five being you know, you can just go to sleep in the car and wake up at your destination. So full automation. And we're we're at about level two. You know, zero would be nothing. Cruise control way back in the 70s when cruise control came out and we were we were augmenting that. That was like level one. And what we have today is a combination of speed and steering support, which creates level two autonomy. And they use different mechanisms. Tesla uses both a vision camera based system and on some of the, uh, the non, uh, just slightly older uh, different versions of the Tesla vehicles, they use radar. They've taken radar out of the new Model 3s as an example recently. And these are systems designed to detect objects in front of the vehicle in the lane, specifically in the laneway in front of the vehicle, not really off to the sides. Because if you can picture Jeff, when a car is going down the road and if there's a car stopped at the shoulder, you don't want your car slamming on the brakes in the highway because there's a car in the lane next to you that stopped. So they're designed for a very narrow focus. And they also tend to not activate at higher speeds or by the time they activate, you're already very close to the object. They're designed for you know, the automatic emergency braking in these systems to, to work relatively very well at speeds below 40 miles an hour, you know, 60K, something along those lines. Okay, Kenneth, you mentioned a second ago that the large number of these accidents involving self-driving cars, Teslas on autopilot, and emergency emergency vehicles were pretty much avoidable. Uh, why is that? Does this, even though it's on autopilot, come down to driver error? Well, it does, Jeff, because these systems are designed, they're not legally binding systems. So, in fact, they're illegal to run full-time. So, it is still the driver's responsibility to main control, maintain control of the vehicle at all times in a safe manner. And you know, I find it hard to understand that if, if you're going down the highway, especially when these accidents occurred mainly in the evening, the dark times, that you can't see and react to flashing lights, road flares, a directional arrow, uh, LED signs, and people in you know, yellow vests and reflective gear 
but you can't see that in time to react because we all know we can see fire engines and EMS lights from a far distance. So, you know, these are these are people that have have the false sense of security relying on these automated systems, thinking that there really are at a higher level of automation than than they're meant to be at this point in time. Yeah. Who has, uh, do we know, is there consensus out there, Kenneth, who's got the best autopilot or self-driving uh, car? Is it uh, Tesla? Is it, uh, I've seen some write-ups about uh, Cadillac. Uh, they apparently have also got a fairly leading edge self-driving uh, technology in their cars. And I think uh, you've got to touch the wheel every uh, so often so that the car knows that right. the, you, the driver, are still there and attentive. Yeah, it's correct. Uh, well, really, to answer your question, nobody has uh, a self-driving system today. What they do have is driver assist systems at, at various levels of automation. And everybody's pretty well at level two for partial automation. There are testing with Waymo and, and other uh, organizations that are testing driverless vehicles that are being, you know, taking people around circuits and closed areas and, and, and routed areas, specifically routed areas. So they're testing technology and using some basic technology there, LIDAR and other sensors, but there is no full automation today. Out of the best there, Tesla is one of the best. I have a Model 3. I've used autopilot on the highway in safe situations. Uh, the Cadillac Super Cruise, I just tested a new Bolt EUV uh, about a week ago that has the Super Cruise. It's a very good system. The, I would say Tesla would win for those automation features uh, strictly because it will work anywhere that it can pick up and it can understand where the road is based on the line markings and the center marking and the curbs and such. Whereas um, uh, Super Cruise relies on mapping. So it will only work on roads, roadways and highways that have been mapped by GM so far. Now they've mapped a couple hundred thousand miles, but in my testing here in the GTA, it would only work when I was on the 400 series highways. Okay, is there a public safety concern at all here, uh, Kenneth? Because I have seen some safety officials, you know, warn that uh, Tesla and other companies are essentially testing out this technology, their autopilot, uh, uh, you know, amongst us uh, all, whether we, we know it or not. It's out there uh, on the public roadways right now, and whether or not this technology should be tested, is it fully ready to be out there on the public roadways? Well, again, I think the answer to that is uh, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not legally qualified to answer uh, you know, those type of questions. But what I can say is that these are automation tools to assist with safety, driver safety and, and safety of the vehicles. And they should be positioned as such. And I think sometimes the public hype and sometimes marketing can be construed to, to view these systems as something more than they are. Um, just like, you know, is cruise control by itself um, something in which we should be concerned about. Well, nobody's really tackling that because it's not an issue. We know that the car will be, you know, at, for basic cruise control will stay at a speed as long as we engage it. Um, but we still need to be in control of the vehicle. Well, adaptive cruise control is very similar. It just uses some radar and cameras to, to keep a distance from vehicles in front of it. It's still the same concept though, Jeff. We need to be in control. Drivers need to be in control of the vehicles at all times. And they're, they're really just driver assistance aids to help with safety elements. All right, just finally, Kenneth, let me ask then, why do we need autopilot? Really, why do we need self-driving uh, cars? Because yeah. you know, I'm a big fan of cars. I know you are too. One of the things I love about getting behind the wheel of a uh, vehicle is the connection you've got with the machine, you know, human and machine and the, the act of driving, uh, if you will. I mean, why is it that we need autopilot? 
Well, autopilot digitally was designed, of course, with again with those safety features uh, of you know lane keeping assist and a, a, a automated cruise adaptive cruise control. Sorry for my phone ringing in the background, um, but uh, so people are are you know those are great safety elements. But to rely on it again is something we should be doing. People, why we need it? Well, some people want to be a bit more relaxed, and especially in the longer drives. You know, if you've driven from here to Windsor, you know that there are some long stretches of the 401, which are fairly monotonous and can, you know, can, can be fairly boring to drive. So this takes a little bit of that away from it in a nice, safe manner, but you still need to watch what you're doing. You know, don't be texting or reading a book or anything like that. So they're there to just help augment that driving experience, make it a little bit more relaxed and add that additional safety elements. You think, Kenneth, uh, that autopilot, eventually we're going to see less accidents on the road, that we're going to have safer roadways? And you think it might help with congestion as well, particularly uh, here in the GTA? I mean, if everybody on the Gardner was on autopilot, would we have kind of more a better flow of uh, traffic? Well, maybe not autopilot directly, because, again, it's just a two-prong automation. But if, if it were full self-driving or full automation as what the end goal is going to be, yeah, that would be a really safe mechanism. I know Tesla today states that their cars are safer and they've had, they could, you know, there's less accidents with their vehicles in general because of their technology. But imagine in full self-driving, full self-automation where all the cars are talking to each other via cellular or satellite or whatever the mechanism is. And they all are making, you know, this instantaneous decisions. They know exactly the speeds and distances from each other. If everything is connected, then that whole web and that network can work quite well and keep things very safe. And that's what we see in these movies and, and TV shows where we see the future of flying cars and cars that are, people are just sitting in the back seat and not driving. It's that connectivity that we're not there yet with. And of course, we need the regulatory bodies to okay it. And then you have to think about insurability and liability as well. Those are two other can of worms, which we probably won't talk about today. All right. By the way, when I get my self-driving car, I want to call it Kit. I'm calling that first. Okay. Uh, that's for Knight Rider fans. Can, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're old enough to remember the '80s and the Hoff, David Hasselhoff, you'll get that. Uh, <laughs> thanks as always. Great information. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, there's Kenneth Bokur. He's the host of the EV Revolution Show, which you can find on YouTube. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.